Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio, it's time for the GNFCC 400 Insider. Connect, build, and grow with the Greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce. Hello and welcome to the GNFCC 400 Insider, the monthly radio show and podcast presented by the Greater North Fulton Chamber. I'm Callie Boatwright, President and CEO of the North Fulton Chamber, and today we are celebrating our 2022 Women Influencing Business Award winners. These outstanding women were chosen from nearly 100 nominees by a committee of former award winners. We have three of our amazing winners with us today. First, our 2022 Businesswoman of Excellence, Large Business Award winner, is Leslie Day Harrell, Executive Vice President, Associate Experience, and Head of Corporate Real Estate at Jackson Healthcare. Leslie works with associates to develop an overarching strategy created to help ensure positive employment experiences, including career and personal growth, physical, emotional, and financial health, and spiritual and social well-being. She also works to advance the company's ongoing commitment to serve others, including the company's Fostering Holiday Hope Initiative for North Fulton foster children, and works with Lovelifts Village, providing co-working space for 15 local nonprofit organizations, all at a reduced cost. Glad to have you with us today, Leslie. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Next, we have our Rising Star Award winner, Miss Melody Swilling, owner and founder of Swilling Family Law. On top of growing her child-centered family law practice, mentoring a first-year associate, and a third-year legal intern, Melody volunteers with Meals by Grace and I Can Shine, where each summer she helps children with special needs learn to ride bicycles. In addition, she has worked with the state legislature behind the scenes to draft to discuss drafts of legislation and the implications of drafted legislation, including the landmark Equitable Caregiver Statute. Welcome, and it's nice to have you with us, Melody. Thank you for having me, Kelly. And finally, our Businesswoman of Excellence Small Business Award winner is Valerie Mackey, CEO of Right Now Solutions. Valerie left a successful career to start Right Now Solutions, where she could dedicate her efforts to pushing the needle in providing education and tools needed for everyone to have equitable opportunities. By orchestrating technology credentialing programs, she has helped take people out of generational poverty and provided opportunities for them to change the trajectory of their families by doubling and tripling their salaries in just four months. Nice to have you here, Valerie. Thank you. Great to be here. We are so excited, uh, number one, that all of you are award winners. So we'll start with a big congratulations to all three of you. And then we just want you to tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and what led to your career. Everything I've read about you obviously makes you sound outstanding, which explains the award. But we want to hear in your own words just a little about what you do now and how you got here. Valerie, why don't we start with you? Okay, sure. Um, I have always had a technical background, so engineering degree turned technologist and went to consulting firms, Ernst & Young and smaller firms, then decided I wanted to come home to Atlanta and stay instead of jumping on a plane every single week um, and started doing technology for Coca-Cola, many roles throughout my 12 years there and ended up having a wonderful technology leader role and Loved working with people and the team. So that's kind of what led me here to say, I want to do this more. Um, and then I have two kids. Um, so that's a big part of my life, too. A husband and very connected to the community. Um, so very community focused, although tech focused, very community focused. 
That's awesome. It's great to have you here. And certainly that blend of work with family balance is one I'm sure we'll hear more about. Melody, how about you? Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and what led to where you are now. Certainly. Um, So I um, came into law right when the crash happened. Perfect timing. So 2008 was a beautiful time to start a law uh, career. Uh, And I I started in bankruptcy, helping uh, consumer bankruptcy practice. It was a large um, company and I saw a lot of Metro Atlanta struggling and families struggling. Um, I knew that I wanted to do more litigation and help families in a different role. So I began expanding my practice to family law and including divorces, custody, modifications, adoptions, uh, and really found my passion helping the families. I expanded my role to include guardian ad litem work where I am the courts expert on custody and visitation. Um, so I get to I get to hang out with the kids and they're That's the best awesome. part of these cases. Um, so really having a child-centered practice, it, it speaks to my heart. I've got two boys and they're in the community there, I'm seeing the impact this has on children every day. Uh, And my job really does affect all the fibers of our community Um, from teachers dealing with the impact of a child going through a divorce um, to the businesses having to coordinate, you know, is mom or dad picking up at karate? You know, it it impacts all of us as a community. Um, But I joined the greater North Fulton chamber of commerce because it's so prevalent in the community as far as reaching and explaining to people that there's a better way, an amicable way to do this. You can disagree with grace and you can litigate and do it compassionately. That doesn't lose sight of the fact that these families have to go to a parent teacher conferences the next day. It's not just, you know, Coke versus Pepsi litigating in court. You know, there's a family involved at the end of the day. So um, being in the community and having people familiar that there's a person behind the business it's really helpful for me to get our message across. I think that's awesome, especially since children are often forget forgotten in the mix and to have an advocate like you, I think is very, very important. So we appreciate it. And Leslie, last but not least, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and goodness about what you do now? Sure, absolutely. Well, as they say, the path to happiness is uh, never a straight line. So mine is kind of a winding path that led me to where I am now, but um I worked for a real estate, a boutique real estate firm for about 18 years, and um, Jackson Healthcare happened to be one of our clients at the time. And um, so after years of, you know, putting all of my focus into the real estate world, Jackson Healthcare asked if I wanted to come join their team. And I was torn at first, I must say, because, you know, I'd put a lot of years into Jack, into uh, my former company. And I finally said yes. And I was just led to be there. And my why gets answered very frequently, just the people that I'm around um, and the wonderful company that's, that's um, that I get to work with every day. So I am a mom of three children and devoted, devoted wife, mother, and love what I do at Jackson Healthcare. I am sensing a, a theme, ladies, all moms, all trying to balance work and family, which is a constant, I think, in any of us as as women, uh, as lives, 
uh, either you're you're trying to keep up or you're trying to keep it in balance. So I think that that's that's something to be said. Um, well, let's talk about our our companies because obviously you all are individual winners of uh, Business Women of Excellence awards, but a big part of that, as you've all mentioned, is is part of your company. So um, we'll change it up, and this time Melody will ask you to go first. Tell us a little bit about your company, which actually is your company, and um, how you became involved in the chamber. Um, yes, yeah, so we do exclusively family law cases. That's going to be divorce, custody, modification adoption. Um, I'm also a mediator, arbitrator, guardian ad litem, and that um, just lets me wear different hats uh, at the table, which also gives me different perspective as far as advising my clients. I can say, you know, I think the guardian's going to recommend this because I had this fact pattern and this is what I recommended, or this is what I saw the judge do. Um, you know, I see some people advertise men's only rights and mm-hmm. that's only understanding half the case. If you've never argued it from the other side or worn a different hat in that, that similar scenario, then you're not getting a rounded out view. And as I mentioned, I, I really am looking at a child centered practice. I want the kids to not lose out. Um, there's things called adverse childhood experiences and these shape children and how they are going to engage in the community moving forward. And a lot of these children in high conflict custody cases are having ACE scores of four or five, and we know that's going to have risky behavior. So if I can help navigate parents that don't have to get along and don't even have to like each other, but can do it with a little bit more compassion, um, that's really ultimately my calling. I love working with cases with special needs children. I'm very familiar. Um, I am a special needs mom, and it really does shape my understanding um, although, you know, every child is unique. And so I, I really have a passion for helping children, especially in the special needs community. And this is just one facet that I've done. I grew up doing um, charity work and I grew up on mission trips and working with children and doing VBS with children in various countries. And it's always been a passion is just giving back. And if I can give back and help someone do this while still making an earning for my family and supporting my family. It's just a win overall. Um, so we keep that in mind in our really collaborative practice. We work together. We work as a team. Um, you know, I'm not above making copies, but we do work together to keep the kids in the focus in these cases. And so that's really where we've developed our firm, um, from the get go. And I think having family law in the name of, of the practice helps as well. It, it makes it constantly very clear and focused. And I think that's important. So um, kudos to you. All right. Well, we'll go this time over to Leslie. Uh, Leslie, you're with Jackson Healthcare. Tell us a little bit about, I know you com- uh, told us a little bit about why you went over to Jackson, but a little bit about Jackson Healthcare, the company overview and, um, and how you got inv- more involved with the chamber. Sure. Um, Jackson Healthcare, it's a family of highly specialized healthcare staffing, search and technology companies. It's got a mission to improve the lives of every patient, um, or to, I'm sorry, let me say that again. Uh, it's got a mission to improve the delivery of patient care and the lives of everyone it touches. Um, we have more than 10 million patients that we're able to serve across the country each year. We've got over 1,700 associates and more than 15,000 clinicians across all 50 states. And Jackson Healthcare is also one of the largest U.S. healthcare staffing companies with over $1.8 billion in annual revenue. 
In addition to being great places to work certified, we are consistently named an employer of choice. Um, We've been recognized as best places in healthcare, best workplaces for women, and best workplaces for millennials, um, and also healthiest employees. So there's a lot of things that I'm so proud to say that our company does so incredibly well. And one of the things that that is so endearing to me is the culture. That really has been, as, as they call it, sort of the special sauce. And every company has a culture. It's either good, bad, or somewhere in between. And um it is such, it's a culture of deeply caring for our associates. And truly, I didn't answer my very first question very well. Sorry. But so I'm going to have another swipe at that. But but that is truly what led me to go to Jackson Healthcare and to work for such a wonderful organization because they so they are so deeply committed to the overall well-being of their associates from a, a an emotional, physical, financial, yeah. career development perspective. And um, so it's just a phenomenal company. I think that holistic approach is, is definitely one that, that we know of Jackson. So it's always good to hear uh, someone who works within to say that as well. You unpacked some of that very, very well. I appreciate it. All right, Valerie, tell us about Right Now Solutions and um, what you do, obviously, and also how you became involved with the chamber. Sure. So Right Now Solutions was birthed about five years ago. Um, So after being in corporate for a very long time, um, I've stopped saying years at this point. How many years? (laughs) I've just been a long time. Um, I was working with uh, an entrepreneurship program. So it was interesting. I was in tech, but we were working with tech startups and trying to help tech startups get involved with corporations, helping them with their brand, helping them with their product. And then I was tapped to run a future entrepreneurship program with young adults and high school students to help them understand technology skills and entrepreneurship. And what was interesting to me after working with this for a while is they were listening to me about entrepreneurship and I I was not one. Um, So I decided, well, let me try to be one. And I did. Um, So almost five years ago, I left and, and created Right Now Solutions with a special focus on the things that kind of at the intersection of what I know and my knowledge and this passion to help people grow in their career. And so Right Now Solutions is focused on talent development. It's really focused on how do we get people from one place in their career or one place in their life to another by providing them training, coaching, resources in order to build those capabilities. So we work with organizations, um, and it could be nonprofit organizations. We work a lot with nonprofit organizations because they have participants that need help for some reason, which is why they're coming to this nonprofit organization. But those nonprofits don't necessarily have the skill set to do workforce development, right? So we do a lot of technology certifications to help them on their way because we all know that you can have a lucrative career. And it doesn't necessarily take a four-year degree to be able to do some of these careers. And so we come in with a very, you know, holistic curriculum around these technology certifications, around the professional development. Um, So we have a huge curriculum around what it takes to navigate in the corporate landscape um, because we felt like those were some of the things that were preventing people from getting into a career excelling anyway were the kind of more the soft skills, which I think are should be called something else other than soft skills. Um, And then because we are dealing with that population, we deal a lot with financial literacy as well. And so you go, we go through a lot of our times working with um, these organizations for months at a time, getting them skilled, getting them trained, and then getting them placed. And so it's a full cycle of talent development of training them and getting them placed. So we have a lot of partners and organizations. And then those same organizations have the same needs. 
technology changes, right? So you have people that were working on something, it becomes obsolete. But my view is we shouldn't, you know, restructure those people out. We should reskill those people. And so I work with organizations to determine what are your old skills and where is your roadmap? Where are you going? And we can come in and help reskill those people. They have knowledge of your company. They already know what you're doing. They're loyal to your company. We can come in and help reskill them. And sometimes it may be technology or sometimes they may be managers are getting promoted and they need to know how to manage because just because you get promoted does not mean you know how to manage. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So we have a lot of programs around that, around leadership. Um, how do you you know, become a better leader, more inclusive leader? Because the thing is, we don't want to do all this training for these folks. And then this organization is not a place of belonging. So it defeats the whole purpose of what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, So we do a lot around diversity, equity, and inclusion. So our whole purpose is really around boosting equity in education and careers, working with colleges and K through 12. So it's like the whole spectrum of how do I get from one place to another? I think uh, my favorite part of that is the fact that you were were training or teaching entrepreneurs and they were listening to you and you're like, wait, I should probably take my own advice. (laughs) (laughs) How many times have we been talking and thought, well, wait a minute, I probably should do that too. I think that's awesome. Um, And I love the the whole person approach or or whole company approach in that respect. So I thought that was was awesome as well. Well, we're going to dig into some of these things just a little bit deeper. And Leslie, let's start with you. You've accomplished so much in your career. Um, and certainly in your personal life. And you always make time to serve your community through leadership roles while you're balancing everything else. If you could go back and give yourself um, one piece of advice, maybe a little younger in life, what do you think that would be? Well, balance is the operative word there. And with, I will tell you, as a mother of three, I approached my life as I'm going to have it all until something tells me that I can't. And so what I would tell myself back then would be to really look at life more from a balanced scorecard perspective, just like we do in the business world. You know, you, you can have huge financial success, but if your, um, you know, parenting skills or your relate, if you don't nurture your relationships along the way, then have you really, are you really successful? Um, and so really looking at your financial, your career, your relational and emotional and your community and really make sure that you look at it across the board. I think when we're younger, success always means, oh, I want a good job. I don't want to make a lot of money. That is success. And so it's really to kind of broaden, I would tell myself, broaden your horizons with what, what your perspective of success is. And I know that's very cliche to say, you know, success means many things, but it really does. And I think we need to look deeper and, and make sure that, that it is balanced across the board. Um, another thing I would say is I would encourage young people to do their resume every five years, even if you're not looking for a job, um, or maybe your bio, you know, to go through because see if you like yourself on paper. It's one thing to know what you've accomplished, but until you actually write it down, um, it, it's a very telling thing. And so I tell a lot of young people in the workplace, do that. It's a great exercise. I still do that now. I did not learn that until 18 years of my career. Uh, whenever I moved from from my former real estate firm to the healthcare, you know, to Jackson Healthcare, and I was stunned because what I realized at that time, and this has been 11 years ago now, was that I did not give back enough to the community in a way that I wanted to. I realized that that bucket was coming up short. I felt good in my relationship bucket and some of my others, but 
not in that area. And so I thought I was doing so much, but when you put it on paper, it's in black and white. And so I would, I would give that advice to everybody from, from young all the way through your entire career, make sure that you look as good on paper and that it feels as good as what you really think it is. I like that. It really forces you to take a, a look from the outside on uh, on paper and, and put it out there. So I like that. Um, it's interesting. You you talk about you know going through life with the idea that you can have it all. I used to say to my my daughter and certainly to to young professional women. Yes, you can have it all. You just can't have it all at the exact same time, yeah. right? So it's <laughs> yeah. it's the balance is iterative, and and as we go through, we all try to have that. So I like that that approach. Um, Valerie, you have some amazing career accomplishments that of course led to your role in determining that you were going to be your own boss and be an entrepreneur as a small business owner. Um, can you maybe tell us a little bit about your experience transitioning from technology and certainly from engineering right before that? Cause that, to be honest, is more of a, or was more of a male dominated field. And so making that move from, from engineering to technology and then to focus on people, right. Which is, is a very different focus, um, and delivering those solutions and maybe, and I think I know the answer to this, but what you have found to be more important. <laughs> um, you're right. It's a very different world. And I have always been in these fields that were more male dominated. So engineering was very male dominated. I remember my first internship and co-op when I was in college, I was, um, I used to go to Cincinnati to GE aircraft at the time and aircraft engineering is already male. And then we were on the floor of the aircraft engines of the men that built aircraft engines because they were all men that were mechanics. And then the engineering crew were all men. And so being young, you know, it, it says a lot to perception because I had to look around and figure out at 19 years old, who was I as a professional person? What did careers look like? How was I supposed to dress? And I found myself wearing khakis and a polo shirt yep. and thinking that was what I was supposed to wear because sure. that's what every <laughs> man did in the floor. That's yeah. what everybody else did around me. Um, so it really speaks to, I think, the importance of having other people in your life and your career to, to guide you. Um, but then going from that to another male dominated world in, in technology. So I was rarely, I was a lot of times the only woman in a room when the technologist as well. Um, but still, I love the tech, but I always love the people that did the work more. And a part of that was trying to figure out how I could get more people that looked like me in the room from a lot of different perspectives. I was always saying, wow, this is an excellent opportunity. I'm exposed to so much. There's so much opportunity, but there's a community of people out there that have no idea what happens in this room or how to get in this room. So that was my guide. And that was my goal of how do I help these populations of people get here and stay here. And that's why Right Now Solutions built curriculums around people to at entry level just to get in the door around how to stay in the door and then how to, you know, excel up because there's a lot of unwritten rules that people don't know unless someone tells them. And I wanted to figure out how I could make that happen and push the needle in that space. 
I'm singing the room where it happened by Hamilton in my head right now. I think you're a hundred percent correct. And we know that children who see themselves in uh, a career that they want to be in are more likely to pursue that career. So I think your comments are spot on. Um, and uh, interestingly, another, uh, young woman who is in a traditionally male dominated field, um, Melody, you have obviously long been an inspiration to young women and to in, especially in law, which traditionally is more male dominated. I do believe it's changing, which, you know, kudos to those that went before. Um, what do you think is the most important lesson that you're, you're passing along, um, and that, that was passed along to you, encouraging you to be a successful woman in, in the legal field? Well, first of all, I, I need to say thank you for the young comment. Oh. Uh, my eye cream really th- thanks you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, But the law has been traditionally male-dominated. Litigation especially has been male-dominated. There's, you know, 15 years ago, it was more difficult to be a working mom, a nursing mom in open court, right? Trying to find a room to pump in the middle of a jury trial. Um, I've been there. I've done it. You know, I've gotten the pumping bingo card and like which judge's (laughs) office I've used or jury room and, and... being a working mom, you just find a different voice. And I think that what's very important for young women wanting to go into law is that you don't have to be that stereotypical female lawyer from the 80s that we all remember. She was meaner. She was more aggressive. She just really wasn't someone you'd want to hang out with. You can be a successful litigator. You can be respectful. You can be kind. You don't have to be nasty. But if you're prepared you're professional and you know your stuff, you're going to do circles around those men anyways. So (laughs) I love it. Girl power. I think that, um, that we are seeing change and and we're being the change we want to see, which is important as well. Um, So as women, um, how do you encourage and empower other women in your own organizations? How are you paying it forward in some respects? Valerie, I'm going to start with you. So I mentioned that a lot of what we do is try to empower people in general. And I will say that because I did find that I was one of the few women in the room, I have a focus on recruiting women when we do these workforce development programs. And so we, so for instance, we work with a lot of women organizations, women in technology, they have a cybersecurity program for single mothers. We do the professional development to help them. We have um, a program, a nonprofit called Hype that we work with. They work with all girls, teaching them coding. Well, we teach the Leadership Academy for them to prepare them for their internships in college. Um, and then when we work with these organizations to, to do the recruitment, we're always saying, you know, we want at least a 50-50 split of men and women. So there's a heavier push to get women to this field. Um, because of the average is like around 23%. And so when we do run these programs, we try to get at least 50% that are in the class. And then the same thing at BRGs and or business resource groups or employee resource groups within corporations. We work a lot with their you know female organizations so that we can talk about, okay, how do you have the it factor? How do you make sure people see you with confidence and presence and credibility? So we have very focused things that we do with women all the time. So definitely a focus for us. Teaching them to stand out and, and stand up for themselves, which is important. Leslie, how about you and, and within Jackson? What are the things that you're doing to encourage and empower other women within your work? 
I really pour into the learning of, of the young women that come in. Um, one of the roles that I ever see is our guest services role. And, and we've got um, at least four, if not six, guest services um, on staff at all times. And they tend to be the younger ones that come right in out of college. And I will say um, – we have put them on a on a career path, and so just pouring into their learning, um, helping them understand that to think so much bigger, you know, beyond what your traditional you know girl roles are. Um, we get them involved in some of the engineering activities in the building, and just kind of broaden their horizons. So I would say education. I'm a big person in in continuing to to build them, um, and just pouring into that, and also to to promote. Um, you know, not doing it alone, mm-hmm. creating opportunities for a lot of women to kind of band together, hang out together, do activities together, do volunteer activities together, um, and really encourage that and build each other up in the workplace. We need more of that. We do indeed. And it's more fun that way. I would yes, much rather is. do it with other women. So I <laughs> yes. think that's a great idea. All right, Melody, how about you? It's the mentoring that we do internally in our firm. Uh, I didn't have mentorship. I had trial by fire. Finding out at eight o'clock the night before that you're handling a final trial is a little unnerving for a young associate. Um, so I'm not afraid to review their direct examination. I'm not a re- afraid to walk through it with them. Cross-examine me. You want to do a deposition? Let's walk through it. How is it going to look? So that it's comfortable. Um, that's also having them sit in on trials. That's having them have more education as well. Um, we have a minimum requirement in Georgia to keep our licenses as attorneys. I don't see that as a ceiling. I see that as a minimum. If there's a seminar that's coming up that fits in your schedule that will add value to our knowledge base as a group, let's do it. You want to get that extra certification? Let's talk about it. And let's let's really round out our practice so that everyone's developing and learning um, in, in a collaborative way. I like that. I like that you mentioned ceiling, right? So we've all learned things either by trial by fire or by maybe bumping our heads a couple of times against that ceiling. Um, and and really, it's other women that you turn to to try and navigate that when you have the opportunity to do that. So my final question is going to be about life lessons. Now, we all learn them in a different way, some positive and maybe some because it, we did bump our head a few times. Um, so if you could give one piece of advice to, to other women who are trying to influence business in our own community or a life lesson that you would want to share, what would that be? And I'm going to ask a volunteer to go first because this is a tough one. I'll go. All right. Miss Valerie. <laughs> um, I would say genuine relationships. Make, create, and value genuine relationships. Um, that is what I've found that would help me with business. It's not just a business thing. It's a life thing um, because you need a support system When you fall, you need somebody there to be a great person for you to look up to, to help you put together the broken pieces. If you are here, you're having success, you want somebody to celebrate with. But even as I built this business, most of the business that we did was through referral and through people we knew and through people we had genuine relationships with. So it wasn't a big marketing push. It wasn't a big awareness push. It was having a track record of 
doing what I say I was going to do and building relationships with people that matter, even with um, the chamber. Mm -hmm. So I'll say it's important. And one of the reasons that I'm a part of the chamber is I appreciate those relationships that are people there that are there for genuine reasons. And we connect on that level. Um, So I would say find those people. It's not about meeting a hundred people in the room. It is about finding a few people that you can have a deep connection with. Agreed. And the good news is if you have a genuine relationship with someone, they will most likely hold you accountable, which we all appreciate when that (laughs) happens too. All right, next. All right, Miss Melody. Certainly. Um, I'd say that there's some power in a pause. There's a tendency, especially in law and litigators, to want to talk over each other. But a powerful pause in reflection can be stronger than screaming in a courtroom, screaming in an email, that knee-jerk response uh, we've all seen the email, even in the professional world, that you regret the next day sending. That you say, I would have phrased it differently. I think I could have addressed it differently. There's a power in just waiting. And just having that pregnant pause can give you more of a statement, whether it's an email, not knee-jerk responding, so all of a sudden you're back and forth at 10 p.m. on a Friday, or um, just stating, you know, being confident in your in your place, being confident there, with silence it has a lot of value and it speaks volumes. I was not trying to pause that. That was, <laughs> it was a very powerful was, pause. Thank you. I was actually appreciating the comment. No, I, I agree. And probably one that I can uh, do better at. So I, I appreciate that in particular. All right. It looks like you're rounding us out. Leslie. Okay. I would say to challenge your beliefs along the way, you know, beliefs drive our actions. And sometimes we allow ourselves to get caught in old, beliefs that no longer serve us. And sometimes that's hard to, to challenge ourselves on that. But I think that's just part of progression and growth is, is to make sure that we still believe in the same things that we used to believe in because life changes. Um, we should change with that. It doesn't mean our values should change or what we care about, what we love, who we love, um, and how we do our work. But Sometimes, and I found this in particular with my own life that, you know, I I held on to old beliefs that I'm like, why do I do that? Or why do I still believe that? I know that not to be true anymore, but you get, you know, stuck in habits. So it's kind of put your habits in check and check your beliefs along the way. I like that as well. Calls for some investigation and learn some new things along the way. I like it. All right. Well, it's important that our listeners uh, have an opportunity to reach out to you. And so I'm just going to ask you each to share um, how best to to reach you, whether it that be a, a website, which is usually best, or social media handle. So Valerie, how about you? Where can our listeners find you? Um, on the web, it is Right Now Solutions. Right Now is spelled with a W. So W-R-I-G-H-T, Right Now Solutions. Um, we're on LinkedIn. We have Right Now Solutions or Valerie Wright Mackey um, or LinkedIn, Twitter, the same thing. And the great news is that that's easy to remember and it is a call for action at the same time. So I like that. <laughs> All right. How about you, Leslie? Um, the best way is at Jackson Healthcare, jacksonhealthcare.com. Um, also have LinkedIn, Leslie Day Harrell. You can find me there. Excellent. And finally, Melody, how about you? Where do we find a swilling uh, family law? I'll round it out with the very on the nose um, websites, uh, swillingfamilylaw.com. Perfect. <laughs> LinkedIn is Swilling Family Law. And we have an Instagram, it's Georgia, so GA Family Law. 
Perfect. Wonderful. Well, I appreciate all of you spending time with me today. I do want to congratulate you all uh, on on the winning of your respective awards. There were so many applicants and every year I'm so grateful I am not part of the crew that selects those winners. Um, we have past winners who do that and uh, respectfully so since they were, were going before you as award winners. So I just want to thank you and congratulate you uh, in your in your win this year. So again, thank my guests for being here today. And also thanks to our listeners for joining us on the GNFCC 400 Insider presented by the Greater North Fulton Chamber. To listen to this show again or to hear any of our previous episodes, visit GNFCC400insider.com or any of your favorite podcast platforms. To find out more about our Women Influencing Business Award winners and to learn more about the Greater North Fulton Chamber events and programs, you can always visit GNFCC.com. Until next time, I'm Callie Boatwright, and this has been the GNFCC 400 Insider on Business Radio X. (laughs) 